we truly came away with him this weekend, and I think that we, our lives are changed in some way that will never be the same. And I'd like for, to give some of the ladies an opportunity to just share with you, we practiced popcorn testimonies in our small groups, and popcorn testimonies are just two or three or four sentences of what God's saying to you. It's not all of in-depth stories, but it's what we heard from the Lord, and I would like to give the ladies an opportunity to share with you if any of them would like to. Well, I usually am not one to go for retreats because I'm very introverted. And so it kind of scares me um, to be in a room with maybe people I don't know. But, you know, God knows how to get me where he wants me. Um, So he told Sheila to ask me to lead worship for this weekend. And um, it was a special time of worship, such freedom in worship um, this weekend. But more than that, um, God just used the speaker this weekend to just encourage me. And uh, tell me that he's not finished with me. He has a place in his church for me to serve him. And um, so with that, um, there was just such encouragement this weekend for me. Who's next? Okay. (laughs) Everybody's so bubbly over. Who's? I'm also an introvert. I hate staying up front. So for those of you that are, you have no excuse to talk. Um, I just wanted to say um, this is the first time I've been part of the process. It's different. I wasn't the audience. I was part of the process. Um, I have been dying for to do something like this, but I don't want to. Does that make sense? You know. Um, and so what I learned, I think a lot of was prayer. Now, I know prayer is that language, and we listen to God, and we're supposed to talk with him, and we're supposed to know the word. But to believe it is another thing. She had given, the boss had given me an assignment <laughs> to, um, to, I have to share this, to send, to send um, prayer um, focuses, daily focuses uh, through maybe probably about two weeks. I, I don't really remember. I was like, sure, um, because it's behind the scenes. And... I did then. I thought, you know what, I can't send out like, that blanket like, okay, pray for these things and these are the different days because I won't do it. So I decided to do it every night. My husband's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, I, I have to do this the night before. And I tell you, it just focused me every day. I had people or tell me, oh, thank you for it. I said, it's not for you, actually. It's for me to keep me on point. And what was really awesome was, that belief to pray, to, to do it, and then that weekend to actually see it happening. I just, I'm so encouraged. Okay, on this side. <laughs> so what spoke to me most was Acts 27. So I would encourage you guys to go home and read that. Um, Acts 27, I've, I've read several times, but the way that the speaker presented it and picked it apart really spoke to me. And specifically in my stuck place, I feel like I have had, I have some lost time from being stuck. And that scripture spoke to me that I can press on and that even though time is lost, that I can regain, you know, restoration. I received great restoration this weekend and spend time with him and continue to study. And so those of you that are in a stuck place, um, I encourage you to identify that through reading um, Acts 27 because it, it really will help bring you up out of that. 
I learned that I'm going to pray for 20 minutes for the rest of my entire life. How about y'all? Oh, yeah, 20 minutes a day for the rest of my life, not just 20 minutes, right? Because I done did that check, right? I'm done. I got that in the bag. Um, But I also learned that I needed to pray for a word, for guidance, to shape my year instead of just my day. I ain't got mine yet, but um, I'm encouraged to do that because... I want him to lead my life. Seriously. <laughs> and then I, uh, I'm going to finish strong. I'm not going to give up on my children, on any of you, on my husband. I'm going to finish strong. Okay. Hello. Um, when we were talking about, I mean, I could just piggyback on everything everybody else said as well that God spoke to me um and it was really starting the first night when Debbie talked about sometimes you're shipwrecked because God wants you to be shipwrecked sometimes you're in that hard place because that's where God wants you and I'm in a hard place right now and I don't like it but (laughs) um God really spoke to me just the word rest and I don't know if that's the word for my year starting now or for the rest of my life or just right now in this season. Um, but I really, because um, I'm just like, what do I do, God? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Show me what to do and I'll do it. And God just told me to rest right now that he's, he's got it. Anybody else on this side? I'm moving. Um, God really spoke to me about... Um, the first night when she was talking, and I, don't, I think it was the first night when she was saying about how we don't, when we have a problem in our life, we immediately, we just pick up the phone, or we go to our friends, or we start talking about, you know, how can we fix it, and we don't stop and wait to hear what God has to say, and we don't hit our knees, and we get so caught up, and what really caught me was we get so busy, and we're so busy, and we feel like our kids have to be in this, this, and this, and we have to do all these activities to keep up with everybody else. And that doesn't matter, because what matters is our children's hearts. And I just, I'm going to fight for their salvation, and I'm not going to give up on them, and I'm not going to give up on my kids or my marriage. And when I have a problem, I need to listen to what Jesus has to say first and stop being so busy and getting caught up in all the busyness, because that doesn't matter. doesn't matter. I don't think there was any part of the conference that did not touch me. The whole thing was was just wonderful. But we <clears throat> broke up into small groups after each session. And there was a, um, a diverse group, um, young, middle-aged, older, and we talked about what our speaker had spoke on previously and it was amazing to me how open that these women were in these small groups and how the Lord had touched them in their lives and then also another thing was um, our roommates Um, Sheila saw fit to put a 
younger mother in with me that's standing right beside me. And I did not know who she was. And, but <clears throat> um, we got to uh, have our time that we talked together and learned about each other. And hopefully a friendship will build out of that. I'm not one of the little, the, the introverted people. Y'all know that? Y'all know that? Really? Anyway, I've always struggled with um, putting, putting God, really? Putting God first and spending more time with him as opposed to being, watching TV, being on the computer, on the phone or whatever. And um, the 20 minutes a day for the rest of my life is huge and that gives me a little thing to focus on about the book we have books out there anyway um and we're all praying that God will give us a word for the year gasp yeah well I already got my word and it is obedience so y'all need to pray for me and um (laughs) that I can and she kept throwing around that word obedience and in our small group we talked about being obedient and um That is my word, is obedient, so I'm going to be obedient and um, try to be obedient in my prayer life, my home life, and uh, not obedient to people, (laughs) but (laughs) obedient to God when it comes to, like, studying his word and being, being more of who he would have me to be as a Christian woman, so... Several months ago, God brought a verse to my attention from the book of Isaiah, and it just stuck out to me. And I can remember taking a picture of it on my phone and and just kind of remembering that. And and this summer, it came back. And and just a few weeks ago, I, I began to think about this verse in context of my family and in my prayers. And I may not quote it exactly right, but it was... Um, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And and just recently, I mean, I had been looking at that verse and and thinking about it in my life. And yesterday morning, I don't know, maybe about 11 o'clock or something, after our hearts had all been opened and opened and opened again, um, the speaker said that verse just out of nowhere, it seemed. But it couldn't have been more clear to me had she not just announced my name to everybody because it was like God was confirming that verse in my life that, yes, I can yearn for that in my family, but God wants me to hear his voice behind him saying, this is the way, walk in it. And what does that mean? In a day-to-day time, I've got to listen. And in all the situations that he brings me to, I need to listen for his guidance. And as we learned yesterday that time, um, a definition of that is like um, a window of opportunity that opens for you that would be from God that you have to press through in order to accomplish what he has for you. And so this whole weekend was just such a miraculous, wonderful thing in my life as I heard from God. And I thank you all very much.
The wonderful part about it was the, uh, the presenting of God's word and how powerful. And uh, in Acts, um, God told Paul to go to Italy, and he said he would. It was time, time, Paul, to go to Italy. And on the way, they were shipwrecked. Why would Paul be shipwrecked if God told him to go to Italy? So they were shipwrecked to this island, and then wonderful things took place. Ultimately, Paul got to Italy. And she had a son, our speaker, who uh, had a real wonderful relationship with the Lord until he was 14. And then he got into some things she didn't tell us, but some difficulties. And one night, some police drove up and took him away and imprisoned him for seven years. He's still in prison. And she said, God, I prayed for protection and to bring him back. I never wanted to be a prodigal mother, but you called me to this. And God said to her, and she said, why didn't you deliver him? And he, God said, I did deliver him. What has taken place in prison is amazing. His life is turned around, and the deliverance came in prison. And the story goes on. But in those shipwrecked times, God works. Don't forget that. I'll finish the story. Um, so seven years later, uh, this past summer, Sheila is a good friend of this lady, Miss Debbie, and uh, it was time when he was up for parole. And um, Lord, she, as she did her daily Bible study, you know, she's kind of her mantra is twenty minutes a day with the Lord for the rest of your life, and so she she lives this in her life as well. And she was doing her Bible study. And as she was doing her Bible study, the Lord kept telling her to act in faith, act in faith. She's like, Lord, I am acting in faith. And the next day she would do her Bible study and God would say, act in faith. And she's starting to get a little mad, like, I am acting in faith. And so finally she decides to go to the store, to Walmart, and buy him some clothes. Because he hasn't been home in seven years and what used to fit him doesn't. Cleaned out his room, put the stuff in his drawers. Um, did her Bible study the next day. They had to fill out about a two-inch packet, she says, from parents about all the accomplishments he'd, and awards he'd earned in his life. Took weeks, months, and the uh, Lord said to her again, act in faith. And she said, Lord, I am believing. I believe that he's coming home. And so she went to the grocery store. She stocked up the refrigerator with all his favorite foods. Next day came, the Lord said, act in faith. And she's kind of aggravated at this point. I am acting in faith. Goes to Walgreens, gets all of his toiletries and his razor for his bathroom. Next day, she goes online because they don't even call you. They make you go on a website to find out what the decision was. And it was denied. And it was not even just denied. It was harsh. It was another at least two years. And she was mad. Shouldn't have looked at you. <laughs> she, and she was really angry. And she said, God, what is going on? I acted in faith just like you said. I acted in faith. And he said, well done. 
you did act in faith. Well done. She goes, no, not well done. My son's still in prison. This is not well done. You told me to act in faith. I believed. I did everything you told me to do. And he said, yes, you did. Well done. And her point in saying that was, sometimes it's the shipwreck that God is trying to do things in our lives, in her son's life, in her life. She said it took her a day. She kind of wallowed in her pity for a day. And the next day she got up and she said, I'm going to go on with my routine. I'm going to read my next day of Bible study. She opened up her Bible. She had been doing a study in Isaiah. And that day she opened up, I think it was to Isaiah 49. And it talked about that the enemies that held you captive, that God will deliver your children. Think about that. If she had not continued that faithful pattern in her life, of just waking up the next day, putting one foot in front of the other, and allowing God to transform her heart and her mind through his word. She just did her next thing the next day. And God just renewed her spirit, and then she, her, little sp- uh, her little spunkiness kicked in. She said, well, you just wait. You just mess with the wrong mom. The next two years, you, you inmates and all that, you wait to see what God does. So she's got a whole different outlook now. But God's word is what transformed that outlook. It wasn't her willpower. God's will and God's word transformed her attitude in her heart. But it wouldn't have happened had she not been in the word on a daily basis. One of the things that uh, I took away from the retreat was that, you know, everybody gets stuck and everybody gets shipwrecked at times. It doesn't mean that you've been disobedient. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. It doesn't mean that your faith isn't what it should be or your trust. It just means God's doing something in your life. And you have to go through this shipwreck and this stuck spot for him to finish in you what he has destined for you. And wherever God wants you to be, no matter how often you get shipwrecked or how often you get stuck, you will eventually end up where he wants you. So if you, anyone ever gets stuck or you get shipwrecked, remember, God's doing something good in you. It's not a bad thing. So you just press on forward and ask God to help you and to show you, and he will take you to wherever he wants you to be. One of the verses in Acts 27 said, take courage and believe. Take courage and believe. And to go over the stuck and unstuck thing and to realize that Satan is the one who clearly wants us stuck. He wants us down. He wants us under. He wants us hopeless. And God is clearly the one that wants us unstuck. He is the one that wants us to rise above. He's the one that wants us to draw really, really close to him, to see his sufficiency, to know him, and to see his great work. And Debbie was an amazing example of God's work. And I took away that choice to take courage and believe because when she was encountered the parole put off and the harshness, Only one day, only one day because the word of God washed over her life, only one day did she say, I will not submit to Satan's discouragement and testing and, and down. 
and I will not get stuck here. I will rise with God. I will do what God wants, and God is victorious. And I thought, you know what, God? You are, and I will, and we will. Right, ladies? Yes, God. <laughs> Hi. So uh, this is actually my first women's retreat. Um, uh, and I actually, um, this is the first time being at Lake Yale after 10 years. I went there at GA camp when I was <laughs> very little. <laughs> um, obviously, it was completely different. Um, yes, it was towards young girls, and uh, we learned a lot. Um, this was completely different than what I was used to. I learned a lot, and I feel very encouraged and refreshed. <laughs> so, um, and I connected with a lot of great women, and yeah, it was great. <laughs> One of the things that I took away from this weekend was the fact that I can do what I set my heart out to do. Um, one of the lessons that we had was reading a, a verse, and every time we saw the word not or cannot, basically, we tie a knot in this little piece, this little piece of twine right here. And these all represent the things that we supposedly cannot do. And that has been me for the last year and a half. I mean, there's just been so much going on in my life that has challenged me. It's created fear. It's created anger. It's created distrust. Um, it didn't break my faith in God, but it made me question it. And so now when I look at this bracelet and these knots, I'm going to change it from I cannot to yes, I can because God will do it for me. So if he can in me, I can. We had small groups. Um, we had small groups, and you've heard how they heard from each other. And we also had a breakout time where we had uh, prayer stations. And what Karen is referring to is time. This was an hour that they just spent time with the Lord, and we didn't talk. We didn't speak. We just listened for that word from him. They could go into the prayer stations. There were five prayer stations. They could go to communion and get their hearts right to take a communion. And then they could go in and find out what it was like to be served by having foot washing and read what the symbolic nature of that was for Jesus. So God speaks to us in so many different ways, not just through the, week, the speaker, but always through the word, no matter how it comes. You know, you've heard these testimonies from these women and how this retreat has touched their lives. And I'd just like to thank God for using Sheila and her team to bring his word and his love to each of us. And um, I would like to encourage all the ladies who weren't able to come to plan on it next year because it's just a wonderful way to be refreshed and renewed in the Lord. I'm probably going to cry, just so y'all know. Um, but one of the things that I, I feel like happened is I had some people pour into me, and that was important to me. I, um, my mom went to heaven a year ago about the time of this retreat, and so it was important to me to feel the love of the other women. And something that Debbie said, which cracked me up completely. She was hysterical. She kept saying, I wish somebody would have told me. And so I feel like there's some women that 
I bonded with that was important, relationships, and that I know they're going to tell me. I know they're going to tell me when I'm doing something, when I need to be accountable, when I need to hear a word. They're going to help me. And that's, that's important, our relationships besides, you know, coming to church every day and or we don't come every day, but when we come to church, you know, there's not always that time and that bonding time with those women who are important. And I hope that I can be a light and pour into somebody else and just keep going from the women that poured into me. Um, the message that she gave on Acts 27, there are CDs out there. there I meant DVDs or CDs. Okay. CD is the Acts 27, and it's $2. And also some of her books, 20 Minutes Every Day for the Rest of Your Life is out there. It's $5. Um, I just have to say that I did not know what a duster was. And... <laughs> I'm getting a duster. I'm getting a duster, baby. I'm just telling you. Okay? So, oh, my gosh. I laughed so hard. My face hurt. Like, my face, my face, my jaw. I just was, like, dying laughing. She was so funny. She's so funny. But at the very moment that I laughed, like, she took me from, like, dying laughing to, like, sobbing, sobbing. Because she related everything to just the Lord in such a really sweet, sweet way. And so I was really grateful for that. But, baby, we're going to Walmart after church. I'm getting <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That was so good. I was like, I thought she was talking about, like, a duster. I was like, what? That was so good. And then um, I was just so grateful for friendships. Like, like Carol said, I was in Carol and Meredith's um, group for small group. And I was just so grateful, especially for the women that just was so vulnerable to pour out their hearts and share their stories and that was big to just, to be so brave to do that. So, And each of the ladies got a devotional to take home that has uh, was written by the ladies at Heritage. And every day they'll have the same verse to read. And the women wrote how that verse spoke to them. So they're going to hear more about how God's working in the lives of women at Heritage. And you know what? We can watch for it and see it. Thank you, ladies. You know, Debbie started off when we got there for just a little recap of the weekend that you've heard so much about and so many lives that have already been touched. But she started the weekend with a verse from Matthew that said, and he did not do mighty works there because of their unbelief. And that was when Jesus came back to his hometown. Of all places, his hometown. And yet it says, and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And then in the New Living Translation, it says, and so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. You know, she then turned it around and said, God can do many miracles here because of our belief. And I thought of Heritage when she said that. You know, 
So many miracles can happen here at Heritage as a member of the family together. As we change from that unbelief to being able to change to the belief. Uh, you were given out a handout that has the, the stuck on there. And it was important for us to be able to realize that we're stuck. All of us get stuck at one time or another. And that verb means to be able to move further, grind to a halt, mire, bog down, stand still, remain in place, hold still, remain fixed and immobile. And that's what happens to us, even like they were talking in Acts 27 when uh, it was the wreck, the wreck came, but they were not immobile. There was still something that they could do. God didn't allow them to stay stuck in that place, and it was all because of Paul's encouragement. But being something is not, being stuck is not something that we easily like to think about, that that's where we are. And the acrostic for it says that it's struggling, struggling with a sense of bondage from all those things from the past. Can all of you remember, we thought about those over, uh, over the weekend, the things from our past the things that we hold on to that we don't turn loose of and that we're still struggling with. It's from tensions, from those unsettling feelings that we get in our gut. Do you ever have those? You just know something isn't right. You know that there's something that you need to be doing or something that you need not to be doing or something that you need to be listening for. It's that feeling of unhappiness. You know, there's got to be more to life than I'm experiencing, right? Look at what everybody else has. They have all these things, and, you know, I don't have these things. Sometimes it's unhappiness because of the spouse we're with, or we're unhappy because our children haven't turned out exactly the way that we want them to do, or we're unhappy because of our financial situation, or we're just plain downright unhappy, and we don't even even know why. It's from conflicts, from relationships that are not in harmony, and we just want to blame. It's justify. It's their fault. It's not my fault, or it's there's nothing I can do about it when there is always something that we can do about it, and it's from known sin. It's those self-indulging natures that we have in ourselves that lead to practices that keep us hostage. The scripture says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not, you are not free to carry out God's and good intentions. There's a little poem that I had since I read a book years and years ago called Adjust or Self-Destruct. Two natures beat within my breast. The one is evil, the other is blessed. The one I love, the other I hate. The one I feed will dominate. And over and over the weekend, she constantly reminded us that we need to be feeding ourselves with God's word. She also reminded us that there's another reason for getting stuck, and it is the providential and the deck. Uh, the definition that she gave us from an 18th century um, dictionary are, says God's divine care, control, and guidance over a life situation, circumstances, making you ready for future events. God has providential things going on in all of our lives at some time. We don't know how we get there. Just like Debbie, we have done everything right. We haven't questioned God. We've done all the things he's told us to do, and look where we are. We end up in this place, and we're stuck. And we want to blame being stuck on that situation. But being stuck is a, a thing of the mind. 
because God has given us a way to become unstuck, and that way is through his word. Storms are not hindering your destiny, she said. It is leading you to your destiny. She said, sometimes even though faithful to be disobedient, you will be shipwrecked. Even though you are faithful to be obedient, you will be shipwrecked. And she said, it's not all about you, but what God wants to do in you. So no matter where we are today and no matter where we as women were this weekend, we can remember it's not about me. It's really about what God is wanting to do in me. And what I saw out there this weekend was willing hearts. You know, sometimes we're not willing But we can pray, Lord, make me willing to be willing. And we prayed that for the ladies before they came. And you could see it all over the place, a willingness just to hear God's word. Maybe not a wantingness, but a willingness. The situation may not be one we can change. But how our minds think about that situation can change. Being stuck isn't what is happening or has happened but what we are doing with it. Being stuck is being spiritually stagnant. You might not be able to get out of the situation, but it's not situations that hold us hostage and bondage. It's the way that we see and think about those situations. So then we looked at the most important part in our small groups, and it was about being unstuck. And unstuck is an adjective that says free, able to move freely, No longer stuck. Getting unstuck is something that we have to intentionally make a choice that we are going to do no matter whatever it takes to get unstuck. And that's going to begin with transforming our minds. As we looked at them, she kept telling us that the big difference is to walk through it. When you go to the scriptures, not just to read the scriptures, but study the scriptures, there's a difference. She gave us some Greek words and told us what they meant, and that's good. But she also gave us insights into why that happened and the historical basis behind it. And the scripture that I want us to just look at for just a minute this morning is the scripture for the verse that we had for our weekend, and it's from Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And Many of you are familiar with the version. This one's from the NLT. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Well, for our weekend, we use the message version of it, and that goes, I'm going to add a a verse to that one. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say, and he's given all of us something to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. And our lives are coming out of father and son and father and daughter relationships, things that he wants to teach us so that we can pass it on. But it comes out of that intimacy with him. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I'm so thankful someone may be getting the word for this year, the word rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely 
and lightly. According to Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, just taking that one verse there tells us how to get unstuck over and over and over and over again. If we look at the acrostic for unstuck, it's understanding reality. You know, we cannot move from wherever you are. He started in the scripture with reality. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Are you burdened? Are you heavy laden? He wants us to realize where we are. Because if we don't realize where we are, there is absolutely no way that we can take the next step. And then the end is for never alone mindset. We have to change our mind that we're not in this life on our own, but that we have Jesus. But who is Jesus? He said, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. This became very important to me this weekend. Come to me because I started thinking, who is me? (laughs) Well, who is me? It's Jesus. But who is Jesus? Jesus is my Savior. I can go back to the time and the place that I confessed I was a sinner. I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of those sins. I asked Jesus to come into my life and to take control of my life. And that I promised to trust and to follow him. I remember the peace that came as I got up that night. Instead of the raging storm within me, there was this peace that told me that God was in control. He became my Savior that night. But my word for the year this weekend became the word master. As I have been studying this scripture, that word kept coming to me over and over and over again. The word master and the word Lord. And I thought how easy it is for me to think about Jesus being my savior. We all like to have somebody do something for us and he gave his life for us. We love that and we just embrace that. But when it comes down to it and I say, who am I walking with? Yes, he's my savior. But more than that, he is my master and he is my Lord. Now, being Southern, my connotation of master has to do with slavery and the abuse and how people were treated and looked down upon. But that's not the master of the scripture. The master of the scripture is a mastership of love. Jesus says, you will obey me because of my love. It's not about being my own man and being my own woman. But I'll be honest with you. You know, the biggest mistakes that I have ever made in my life were being my own man and being my own woman. Trying to make a decision based upon what I thought was right. And that's my personality. I'm going to try and figure every single solitary thing out. And God's got it for us. You know, she talked about how she got lost. And she said, how could I get lost? My husband had put the directions in my hand and I still got lost. Well, then she asked the question, how do we get lost? Because we have the instructions of where we're going in our hand. But are we opening those instructions and studying them day by day? So my word this year is master. I want to follow him like a master, the one that's truly in control of my life. And Brian, when he read what he read this morning, once again confirmed to me that that is my word because he finished up, come to me, my master was at the end of what he read. And it was just a reconfirmation of what God was saying to me. The S is for seeking truth. And there is only one way to seek truth, and it's God's word. And until we decide that this is the truth, that we're going to use to make all of our choices, we're going to end up stuck in a situation because we can't move before 
beyond it. And it's transforming your mind. It's inward transformation through your intentional participation with the Holy Spirit. God's Word said it. I believe it. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to practice it over and over again. Debbie said that that is the only thing. And I've walked with her for a lot of years. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. The only thing that has kept that woman sane is God's word flowing through her. Her being able to move in the midst of a situation. And many of you are in situations, not hers, but in your own this morning, where you're not stuck. You can move on in the transforming of your mind from there to see what God's going to do in you and through you in this situation. And that you stands for unconditional obedience. It says, learn the unforced rhythm of grace. And that rhythm of grace is God works, we respond. God works, we respond. It's obedience. She used the word responsive, and she gave us a definition. It said, especially ready and extremely sensitive. Especially ready and extremely sensitive. We will hear the Holy Spirit when we are especially ready and super sensitive to his voice, saying, go to the left or go to the right, or this is the way that you should go. In Acts 27, 25, it says, so take courage. I believe God. It will be just as he said. And when we have this word, and just like that next morning, she got up and said, it will be well with your children. She believes what God said. It is going to be well with her child. She also gave us a definition for sacrifice. And see, that comes with being master. We don't want to think. She said he always gives her that kind of a word. He never gives her the fun words. He always gives her one of the words that requires something. And sacrifice is a more stringent kind of devotion, total abandonment to the will of God at all costs. I'm going to read that again. A more stringent kind of devotion, total abandonment, to the will of God at all costs. It's not about whether or not we like to obey God. We are to obey God. He's not asking you to get it. He's asking you to do it. She did say quite often that she uses the phrase, someone should have told me that love, someone should have told me. And for me this weekend... Even though I've known it all my life, it's all real and new with the word master. Someone should have told me that the word love equals obedience. I can love my husband by obeying God's word and respecting him and being a helpmate to him. I can love my children by training them up in the way that they should go and not provoking them to wrath. I can love my enemies by praying for those who despitefully use me. That love is always going to be shown out in obedience to God's word. The C stands for conforming to the image of Christ because the Bible tells us that that's what we're to do and keeping company with Jesus. The scripture says, keep company with me and you will learn to live lightly and freely. Now, in the other version, it uses the word yoke, and that yoke was used with oxen. And the big side of the yoke was put on the older, the older ox. And the smaller part was put on the young ox. And that older ox taught the younger ox by walking. 
they would try to go off, but they'd get pulled back, and God's love keeps pulling us back. It's not a burden to bear. He says it's easy and it's light, and he really carries the burden for us. What we came down to is the bottom line for our weekend is unstuck. It's making a radical turn towards God and everything that means in everyday life. Being unstuck is being making choices over and over, understanding reality, knowing we're never alone, seeking truth, transforming our minds, unconditional obedience, conforming to the image of Christ, and keeping company with Jesus over and over and over again. Debbie said, if you want a miracle in your life, whatever he says, do, do it. And that comes from John 2, 5. And she said, if you want to hear the Lord speak to you, turn aside and pay attention. That comes from Exodus 3, 1 through 4. And Luke 8, 18 says, so pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen. Listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. And she challenges us to spend 20 minutes every day for the rest of our lives with the Lord. I'd just like to close by just saying that we're all full. I think we're refreshed. But we're all going to walk out of here and start trying to do things on our own tomorrow. And there's a story that I've heard and I've told before, but I love it because it's of a little girl who was, in, was with her dad. And they were walking down the path, and there was a great big rock there that was in her way. And she felt like she was stuck, and she wanted to move it. So she goes, and she starts trying to move the rock, and she couldn't. And her dad said to her, do you want me to help you? And she said, no, Dad, I don't. I can do this. She went and got a stick or something for leverage, and she tried to move that rock with that stick and move it out of the way. And she's just using everything within her might to do it. And her dad said to her, honey, don't you want me to help you? And she said, no, Dad, can't you see? I'm working as hard as I can. I'm using all of my resources. And he said, no, you're not. You haven't asked me yet. So when we walk out of here today, no matter what happens, just remember, until you've asked him, you're not going to be able to get unstuck and move on beyond because it has to be walking with him. I just want to thank you, Holy Spirit, for how you have rained down on us. Thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness. I thank you for your love, and I thank you that there is absolutely no reason on the face of the earth that one person at Heritage ever has to stay stuck. In your name we pray. Amen.